What a, what a blessing that it is for us to get to gather together on Sundays. Uh, and the blessing is not just in here. The blessing is not just when we sing. The blessing is when we connect with one another, when, when we engage with one another. And so uh, this morning, I am grateful for the fact that we have this time where we all come together and we look at the Word. And if you've got a copy of God's Word, I would encourage you to turn to Daniel chapter 6. That's where we're going to be this morning. Uh, but also, even as we do that, uh, we want to encourage one another in the halls, in, in our conversations, as we go. Uh, and let's do that together. Uh, I'm reminded of that this morning because of the text that we're looking at this morning. We're looking at the book of Daniel. We're looking at Daniel chapter 6. Now, Daniel chapter 6 is one of those that everybody thinks they know, right? Because it's what? You've probably got the heading there in your Bible. What's, what's Daniel chapter 6? Daniel and the Lion's Den. That's right. We all know the story, right? We've all seen Rackshack and Benny. We all have our encyclopedic VeggieTales knowledge to call back, right? Um, we've all seen that. But unfortunately, that's not the case, right? So often we look at this story and we forget that Daniel had to live through it, right? We like the ending, do we not? We like the ending. We like the fact that Daniel comes out safe. But what we miss is the process of getting there. We miss the relationships that he had, right? We miss that Daniel wasn't alone in that. He had a relationship with God. He had a relationship with the king. He had a relationship with others around him that made it possible for him to get through that. Not only that, but Daniel is somebody who lived a particular way. His lifestyle was such that he was able to make it through that. He lived in such a way that it was so consistent that people looked at him and they said, there's no way we can find any charge against him. We'll have to invent something. Not only that, he had courage. Daniel was a pretty courageous dude. I don't know if we can call Daniel a dude, but I just did. So that's all right. Uh, but we like to get to the end of the story. And so let's do that. Let's just go ahead and meet with convention and get to the end. Look at verse 28 of chapter six with me. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So Daniel prospered. Now that sounds really good, doesn't it? If we just ignore everything else that happened in chapter six and we just come to that last place, that would be a really good spot for us to be. So Daniel prospered. How many of you would like to after whatever week you've had, out of whatever craziness has been going on, how many of you would like to just come in and hear a sermon about prosperity? I like how the NASB, the New American Standard, I like how the New American Standards resonate, uh, reads there. It says that Daniel enjoyed success. Well, so would I, Daniel. I would enjoy success. I would like prosperity. And we could spend the next 30, 45, maybe an hour, depending on how the Spirit leads, right? We could spend the next little bit of time that we have together, and we could just talk about prosperity and success, because that sounds really good. That's, a, that's, that's the exciting bit, right? But Daniel chapter 6 doesn't start with verse 28. It starts somewhere else, doesn't it? This is what we oftentimes miss. We come to this and we say, so Daniel prospered. We know the story, right? He lived through it. The Lord shut the mouths of the lions. The king loved him. Uh, and the people that hated Daniel get what's coming to him, right? This is, this is the story that we want to hear. But that's not the story that we're living. We don't see the end yet of our story. 
And my challenge for us today, looking at the book of Daniel, is to not long for the end without being willing to go through the story. Oftentimes, we want the prosperity. We want the success. Forgetting what led up to it. My Bible has it as, so Daniel prospered. So Daniel prospered. Your Bible probably has so as well. Show of hands. How, how many's Bible has so Daniel prospered? How many have and? How many have thus? So. So Daniel prospered. Now, the little words in English are some of the most frustrating words. We have trouble spelling the bigger words. Does anybody else spell Wednesday the same way that I do? Right? Every time. It doesn't fail. Every time, Wednesday is how I have to spell it. So is so easy to spell. S-O. But it's vital. It says, in light of what just happened, in light of all of the foregoing, this is the result. It, because of everything that just happened, this is the result. Cause, effect. Well, we don't want to look at the cause. We just want to look at the effect. So often, we just want the end of the story. I mentioned at the beginning of the service that yesterday I was in Zion National Park. All right? In Zion National Park, if you've never been there, it is one of the greatest places on earth. And there's a hike there called Angel's Landing. How many of y'all know Angel's Landing? Well, let me just show you a picture here, if you don't mind. This is the view from Angel's Landing. You're standing over a thousand feet above the canyon floor, and you're looking down through that scenery. And that's just looking one direction, but, you know, typical vacation thing. You don't want to come and bore everybody with your photos, so I just picked one, and you can kind of fill in the rest. If you're interested, go check out YouTube. They've got some good videos of it. Angel's Landing looks like that, but how do you get there? Everybody likes the picture from the top. Everybody likes the view from up there. Here's the encouragement that we were sent. Uh, I was with a group of guys, and one of their uh, spouses sent us a text before we're going up Angel's Landing, and it said, 17 people have died climbing this hill. Have fun, guys. Talk about encouraging. No, I want the view. I don't want the statistics. I, I want to stand up there, and I want to see the vista, but look at what it looks like from the ground. You start down here, and you go up there. Do you think it's easy to get from the ground to up there? My calves and my quads and my knees and my thighs will testify it is not easy to get from down there to up there. Everybody wants the view, but very few are willing to push through. Right, here's one of my favorite parts of the hike. I don't know if you can see this. It may not come through well. That narrow ridge is what you approach Angel's Landing along. There are chains stuck into the rock that you are to hold onto so you don't fall off a thousand feet on either side of that saddle. I just want to know who had the job of putting the chains up. I like climbing it now that the chains are there. I can't imagine being the guy who put the chains there. Like Angel's Landing, so with life. We have a tendency to look around at other people, say Daniel, or say somebody down the street from us whose success is quite evident, somebody whose life seems to be working out just perfectly. 
We have a tendency to compare their end with our now, their destination with our journey. And it's easy to get discouraged when we do that. Everybody wants success. Daniel enjoyed it. Everybody wants prosperity. Daniel received it. How many of us are willing to go through what Daniel went through to get it? So Daniel enjoyed prosperity. Here's what led up to it. Here's what led up to Daniel enjoying prosperity. You ready for this? First off, Daniel had integrity. Daniel had integrity. Now, this is one of those words that all of us think we know what it means, but do we really know what it means? What is it when something has integrity? It means it holds together. It means it's consistent. It means it's all of one piece. It's not broken. It's not divided. It's not different one place than it is in another place. It's not a public persona and a private persona. Daniel had integrity. He held together. His life was the same out in public as it was in private. Now, how many of you have kids? How hard is it to have integrity when you have kids? Right? Some of you know what I'm talking about. How many of you are married? How hard is it to have integrity to be the same in the car driving with your spouse as you are in the halls at church? How hard is it to be the exact same person when your kids are standing there watching you as it is when your coworkers are standing there watching you? When we start to think about what all is involved in being a person of integrity, it's kind of remarkable what we read about Daniel. Look at the first verse here and first five verses of this chapter six. Darius decided to appoint 120 satraps. I have no idea what a satrap is. I'll just go ahead and acknowledge that right now. Something like a, a governor or a official. He was gonna appoint them over the kingdom. He stationed them throughout the realm and over them three administrators, including Daniel. These satraps would be accountable to them so that the king would not be defrauded. Daniel distinguished himself among the administrators and satraps because he had an extraordinary spirit. So the king planned to set him over the whole realm. The administrators and satraps therefore kept trying to find a charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom, but they could find no charge or corruption for he was trustworthy and no negligence or corruption was found in him. Then these men said, we will never find any charge against this Daniel. We will never find any charge against this Daniel. How many of y'all seen the Truman Show? Oh, way back, a little, little, little bit of a dated pop culture reference. So I understand if you haven't seen it, but basically it's a camera following this guy around. He doesn't know it, but he's living a TV show. He is the star, but he doesn't know it. And cameras are watching his every move. How many of you would like to be the star of your very own Truman Show? Not me, not me. Beyond that, what if the Truman Show had been able to get inside his mind? What if a live stream of our thoughts, our heart's intentions, our actions in every moment, public or private, what if that was being shown, would it be said of us, like it's said of Daniel here, we will never find a charge against this, Daniel. Never speeding, 
when there's no cops in sight, right? Never cheating on taxes when there's no chance of ever being caught. Never speaking one way about somebody to their face and another way behind them. We will never find a charge against this Daniel unless we find something against him concerning the law of his God. That is integrity. The only lever we have against this guy is the fact that he loves God more than he loves our king. The only thing we have against this guy is that he is willing to do whatever God calls him to do first and foremost, above all. That's it. That was the only charge they could find again. That is integrity. That is integrity. What would it look like for us to live that kind of life of integrity? Do we want this to be said of us? So Daniel prospered because he had integrity. So Daniel prospered because he lived a life that was the same in private as it was in public. We all want prosperity. Do we want the discipline of integrity? Look at this next thing though. It's the fact that this law is of his God. Daniel didn't just have integrity. He had a relationship with God. Daniel had a relationship with God, not a verbal relationship, not a Sunday morning only, excuse me, Saturday morning only. He was a Jew, you know, he practiced the, the Old Testament Sabbath, right? Not a Saturday morning only relationship with God, but a relationship with God that bore fruit in every point of his life. We'll never find anything against Daniel unless we come up with a charge on the basis of his relationship with his God. So they go to the king. And I'm gonna summarize some of these passages. You can follow along in your text. They go to the king, these jealous governors. They go to the king and they say, hey, king, got a great idea. You're awesome, right? A little flattery will get you a long way down the road. You're fantastic, king, they say. Why don't you make a law that for the next 30 days, nobody can petition, pray to any God or any man except for you? Well, they've kind of puffed up the pride quotient a little bit in Darius. They, they've kind of got him thinking about himself as high and mighty, and he, they, they buttered him up, and he says, you know what? I like that idea. I like that idea. And they make it a little bit more intense. Hey, if anybody does petition somebody other than you, let's throw him in the lion's den. Okay. Darius says, thinking that sounds like a good idea. What does he know? Not much. He signs the edict. Look at verse 10. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. Oh, Daniel's retreating. Daniel is withdrawing from the public square because the king has issued this edict. No, Daniel has integrity. He's doing what he's always done. He went into his house, the windows in its upstairs room opened toward Jerusalem, and three times a day he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to God, key part, just as he had done before. Just as he had done before. His integrity, his relationship with God meant that it didn't matter what the king said, he was going to continue doing what he'd always done. And so he prays. 
Then these men went as a group and they found Daniel petitioning and imploring his God. So they approached the king and they asked about his edict. Hey, didn't you sign an edict that for 30 days, anyone who petitions any God or man except you, the king, will be thrown into the lion's den? And the king answered, sure enough, that's exactly what I did. And they said, well, Daniel, Daniel's ignored you. Daniel's relationship with God was such that he did not mind disobeying this unjust law of the king. Daniel's relationship with God was such that knowing the consequences, he was willing to make his relationship with God mean something, not just on Saturday morning, but right there in the public square, right there in the full view, knowing the trap that had been set for his feet, right there, he decided, yes, I'm with God. So they go, they say this, sure enough, Daniel's ignored you. Well, the king's trapped. He tries and he tries and he tries to wiggle his way out of it, but he can't. Sunset comes, the deadline, if you will, and he can't get out of it. And so he throws Daniel into the lion's den. But as he throws him in, look at verse 16. May your God, whom you continually serve, rescue you. The king saw the very same thing that the jealous governors saw. Daniel has a relationship with God. But note that they saw it. A lot of us would claim we have a relationship with God. A lot of us would claim that like Daniel, we too have a relationship with God and it's real and it's vital, but how many other people know it? You've heard the cliche, the statement, right? If, if you were brought into court and charged with being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? There's enough evidence to convict Daniel. Everybody knew it. What do people know about your relationship with God? Is it mere private devotion? Or is it the kind of devotion that has suffused your entire life? Is it the kind of relationship with God that is really just taken hold and everything else in your life is measured by that? Daniel had a relationship with God and everybody knew it. Do we have a relationship with God and only we know it? Or we have to tell everybody, oh yeah, 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 I know God. Oh, yeah, yeah, I go to church. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Really? Does your spouse know that you have a relationship with God? Do your kids know that you have a relationship with God? Has it in any way affected the way you interact with them? Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Do your, does your spouse see you sacrificially loving do your kids see you giving up your desires for them? Do your coworkers see truth in the way you handle your customers? Does the world around you see that the relationship with you have, that you have with God is making a difference day by day in your life? The king saw it. May your God, whom you continually serve, it's interesting, he comes back to that the next day. At first light, the king got up and he hurried down to the lion's den. When he reached, he cried out in anguish to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you continually serve? We're told the king stayed up all night worrying about this. 
And it seems like the content of his thoughts were, if anybody can survive this, it's Daniel, because I've seen his relationship with his God. When hard times come, when difficulties arise, that's when our relationship is really seen. Daniel, has your God whom you continually serve preserved you? Friends, when your job disappears, are your friends looking at you and saying, your God who you continually serve, surely he will preserve you. When the diagnosis comes and it's not what you wanted to hear, will your friends, your family say, your God whom you continually serve, surely he will preserve you. Has he preserved you? What's your answer? No, my relationship with God was entirely based on things going right and things going well. And now that they're suddenly not, I'm done with him. Or, yes, yes. Because whether the diagnosis comes, whether the treatment is successful, whether the finances improve, that's not what my faith is based on. My God, whom I continually serve, is enough for me. Whether the mouths of the lions are stopped or not. See, that's what it means to have integrity. That's what it means to have a relationship with God. It's not dependent on your circumstances. You're consistent, you're whole, regardless of what happens. That's what it means to have a relationship with God. It's not dependent on what's happening right now. It's dependent on who he is and how grateful you are for what he's done for you. Daniel had a relationship with God. Everybody knew it and no circumstances were going to change it. It provided the king something to think about in that long night as he was worrying. And it was the first thing that he asked when he got there. Daniel, you've continually served your God. Has he preserved you? Has he preserved you? I think about the friends, Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah, thrown into the furnace. They said to Nebuchadnezzar, look, our God can rescue us, but even if he doesn't, doesn't matter. Even if silence and a little bit of blood trickling out through the gate had answered the king, would that have changed the fact that God preserved him? Young men will grow weary and faint, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. God has never once abandoned one of his faithful ones. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. If anyone would save his life, he will lose it. If anybody would give his life for me, he will gain it. The result does not determine the relationship. The relationship does not determine the result. The relationship transcends the result for good or for ill because it's a trust relationship that God is on his throne and he will complete the good work he has begun. But Daniel's answer does come. Daniel is not destroyed. He says, may the king live forever. My God sent his angels and, they shut, and he shut the lion's mouth and they haven't harmed me for I was found innocent before him and also before you, your majesty, I have done no harm. Daniel is preserved. He had the courage to live out his integrity. He had the courage to live out his relationship with 
God. Integrity, a relationship with God, and courage to let it make a difference in how we engage the world. Courage to say, yes, I'm with him, even if the world says, well, it's gonna cost you. Courage that says, I refuse to compromise my values. I refuse to compromise what I know to be true. I will do it with love. I will do it with grace. I will be kind. I will give where I can give. I will go along where I can go along. But there comes a point where it is no more. And that point for Daniel was when the king said, you can't pray to God. Friends, have you ever thought, what's that point for you? What's the point at which your faith stops? What's the point at which you give up? I don't have the picture up in the slideshow, but Angel's Landing comes to mind. It was quite tiring (laughs) getting up there. Had it not been for the fact that there were witnesses there who some of you know, I'm not sure if I would have made it to the top. Positive peer pressure is a thing, right? But there were so many people who were like, all right, I'm not going any farther. This is where I stop. I stop at Walter's Wiggles. That's one of the best parts of the trail. It's a series of switchbacks, 21 switchbacks at about a 45 degree angle to get up the backside of Angel's Landing. A lot of people stop right there and say, that's how far I go. Where does your faith stop? Does it stop when it begins to cost time outside of a couple hours on Sunday morning? Does it stop when it begins to affect your career? When your conscience is nagging at you saying what the boss is asking you to do is wrong, don't do it, but you go along to get the promotion, to not lose? Does it stop when somebody looks at you and says, where's your God now? Or does it push through? Daniel's relationship with God because of his courage didn't stop at the decree. It didn't stop at the mouth of the lion's den. It didn't stop ever. It kept going through the trial. His integrity, his relationship with God, because of his courage, it just never stopped. So Daniel prospered. Brothers and sisters, do you want success? Do you want to reach that end, that goal, that prosperity? Do you want to have that mountaintop experience in your faith? Well, you can't stop. You gotta keep going. Praise be to God, we are more than conquerors through him. Praise be to God that he who began a good work in us will surely bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. Praise be to God that we can live with integrity, not because we're so amazing, but because Jesus has shown us the way. Not because we are so strong, but because the spirit of God lives in us. And if we do not quench him, he will sustain us and he will guide us. If we will keep Christ before us and the world behind us, we will find success. It might not look like what the world calls success. It might not look like what the world would call prosperity. 
but it would look like what Daniel would recognize as prosperity. He didn't know going into that lion's den if he was gonna walk out. His friends didn't know going into that furnace if they were gonna walk out. But they went anyways because their faith didn't have a stopping point. There was no expiration date on their trust in God. What about your faith? What about your relationship with God? Some of you might be nearing that stopping point right now. Some of you may have walked in here ready to throw in the towel on this whole thing. Some of you say, if just one more thing goes wrong this week, I'm gonna lose it. Does your faith stop when times get hard or will you persevere? Is your relationship with God real only so long as things are going well? Or is it a relationship that is going to weather the storms? Is your integrity a costume that you put on? Or is it integrated? Is it the whole of who you are? His and his alone. Daniel prospered. Brothers and sisters, I want that for you. I want that for me. I want that mountaintop experience for all of us. But don't confuse the destination with the journey. Getting there will be hard. Getting there will be difficult. But keep going. Don't give up. One of the best things about Angel's Landing is there's a, you know, it's you and 10,000 of your best friends climbing this trail together. And as you're going up, everybody says, it's worth it. Keep going. You can do it. Although I was a little upset with the one guy who said, oh, you're just eight minutes from the top. And two hours later, we came up to the top. <laughs> but look at Daniel as somebody who has walked the trail before us and who says to us, keep going. It looks grim and those lions look hungry, but keep going. It's worth it. So Daniel prospered. Look at Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, endured its shame, and rose victorious. Brothers and sisters, the only way out is through. The only way there is to continue. Don't lose heart. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the encouragement that Daniel gives us. Thank you for the opportunity to demonstrate our faith. We don't want God a curio type faith, a souvenir type faith, one that sits on the shelf. We want an active faith. We want one that perseveres in the hard times. God, give us a faith that doesn't have an expiration date. Help us to endure. Help us to push forward, God. Not because we can but because you 
have. Not because we're strong, but because you are. And you are worth it. God, help us to see the journey as worthwhile. And for the hope of the destination to keep going. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.